God's got you covered. God is for you. God is with you. God is in you. God is upon you. He is beside you. He is beneath you. He goes before you and he is your rear guard. Number one, God is for you. Many perceive that God is against them. They perceive God is a fault finder. He is not a fault finder. He is not the accuser of the brethren. He is our redeemer. He is our savior. And he is our justifier. The truth is found in Psalm 118 verse 6 and 7. Where it says the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. That will fit really well with my new series on I will. What can man do to me? The Lord is on my side. And he takes my part. He is among those that help me. Well, let us declare as the Apostle Paul declared, since God is for us, who can be against us? Amen. Amen. Number two, God is with you. The good news is you will never, ever be alone. He said in his word that he would never, ever leave us, nor would he forsake us. I'm glad that our God is not a fair-weather friend. He's not just with us in good times. He was with Joseph in prison. He was with Jonah in the great fish. He was with Daniel in the lion's den. He was with the three Hebrew children in the burning fiery furnace. And he is, was with Paul and Silas at midnight when they were in jail. And he is with you every day of your life. He is for you. He is on your side. No matter what you may be going through, we serve a God that is with us. Say it real strong with me. He is with me. Woo, glory to God. And he's not just passively with us. He is actively with us. Psalms 91 says this, I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and I will honor him. I will reward them with a long life and I will show them my salvation. Oh, thank God with long life will he satisfy us. He will show us His deliverance. He will show us His healing. He will show us His prosperity. Say it with me. I'm going to live long and I'm going to live strong. Number three, God is in you. He's not just for you. He's not just with you, but He actually dwells in us. The Apostle Paul writing to the church at Colossae said this, It is Christ in you the hope of glory. He said to the church of Galatia, he said, praise God, I, amen, am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Aren't you glad that he lives in you? And the more God-inside-minded you become in 2023, the better your year will be, the better your days will be. Greater is he, say it with me, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. And that's just kind of a reset of our message in December 4th where we talked about Emmanuel. He's with us, he's for us, and he's in us. Let's take it a few steps further. Did you know that the Lord is upon you? 
I like Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1, and I believe this is appropriate for the new year. In Isaiah 61, it says this, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. What is the glory of the Lord? The glory of the Lord is the manifest presence of God. It is His presence that comes heavy upon you with everything good and everything God. I believe that the Lord wants us to arise in 2023. Whatever has held you back, whatever has held you down, the word of the Lord is arise and shine. For the goodness and the glory of God is upon you. And then when you got born again, and you receive the infilling, the baptism in the Holy Ghost. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, he says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses in the Bay Area. You shall be witnesses in the state of California. You shall be witnesses in the United States. You shall be witnesses in Samoa. You shall be witnesses in Africa. You shall be witnesses in China. You shall be witnesses in the Philippines. Thank God for a worldwide vision. Worldwide vision can never be fulfilled without the Holy Ghost. But thank God we're not without Him. He's in us. He is upon us, enabling us to do good works for the glory of God. Amen. So let Him rest powerfully upon you. Again, we get into this thought of becoming God inside minded. But how about this? Becoming God upon me minded. I heard something from Brother Bill up there in Redding, California. He pastors Bethel Church. What a great man of God. And he said this, we need to be conscious of the dove. Our every step that we take, we need to be conscious of His presence. And He said that He says something on a regular basis, and I think that it fits here. I know it fits for me, and I trust that it will fit for you. He says this regularly. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord rests upon me and flows through me and manifest the Spirit of Christ and changes and alters the environment around me. So let's say that together. The Spirit of the Lord, the of the Lord is, upon me, is upon me and He flows through me and He manifests the Spirit of Christ and He changes and alters the environment around me. Now, do we not go into some interesting environments in our life? Amen? But you are a carrier of the presence of God. There's something different about you. There's something different about you because you have been changed by the head of the church. And when you walk into a room... It ought to change the atmosphere. The more that you cultivate the presence of God 
and dwell in the secret place of the Most High God. The more conscious you are of Him, the more conscious people will become aware that there's something different about you. That's a man of God. That's a woman of God. And you know what they'll do? They'll start asking you questions. And they'll want you to pray for them. How many of you know that people are sick out there? They're not only sick in their, in their bodies, but they're sick in their mind. They're sick in their heart. And we carry healing. We carry grace. We are carriers of the goodness of God and the glory of God. Keith Moore said this many years ago. He was uh, a divine healing technician. That's what Brother Hagen called them. He would train them and they would sit under his ministry, sometimes for years, and they would pick up by precept and example the Spirit of God that was upon Brother Hagen. And then he would delegate to them to minister in healing school. How many of you know healing school is a good thing? And when they asked Brother Moore, you know, to go ahead and and teach in healing school, he didn't feel very adequate. How many of you have felt sometimes that you're just not enough? Well, there's three honest people. Well, I got news for you. In the natural realm, you are not enough. But we serve a God who is more than enough. And so he would go through these insecurities and these inadequacies. They're asking me to preach. They're expecting Brother Hagin to come out and preach. And who am I? What do I have? And the Lord reminded him that you take the little that I've given you and I will enlarge it and I will increase it and enable you to be a blessing. So he said that he would sit in his little office down there at Ramah. They did healing school at about 2 p.m. every weekday. And he would sit in his room and he would say this over and over and over again. He was quoting Jesus. You know, Jesus said something in Luke 4. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me. I just wonder if that wouldn't work for you and I when we face some of life's challenges. When we face some situations in life. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me. Let's say that about three or four times. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. A couple more times. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. One more time. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. You are anointed. You are anointed. The anointing abides within you and the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. Amen. Number five. God is not only with you, but God is beside you. Say it with me, God's right beside me. In Psalm 16 and verse 8, it conveys both the thoughts of Him being with us and beside us. Let's read it together. I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for He is right beside me. Whew, that's a good confession. I will not be shaken, for He is right beside me. Amen. Jeremiah said it like this in Jeremiah 20, verse 11. The Lord stands beside me like a great warrior. Hallelujah. 
the Lord stands beside you like a great warrior. He's given his angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways in 2023. And you might as well say it right now. No evil is going to befall me. Neither shall any plague come nigh my dwelling. For the Lord stands beside me like a great warrior. Amen. The psalmist writes in Psalm 121 verse 5. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. It's good to know that he is beside you. Amen. And number six, did you wear your shouting clothes? You didn't take them off, did you? God is beneath you. Somebody said, well, I thought the devil was beneath me. Well, he is beneath you. But let me give you this scripture that shows that God is beneath us. In Deuteronomy 33 and verse 27, it says, The eternal God is your refuge and his everlasting arms, where are they? His everlasting arms are under you. I love the rest of this verse. Let's read it together. He drives out the enemy before you and he cries out, destroy them. Whoa, glory to God. He is our eternal refuge. Underneath are his everlasting arms. What does that mean? When we fall, his arms are there. To help us get back up. When we're going through a tough time, His everlasting arms are there to lift us and to strengthen us and to enable us to face life's challenges because He is our eternal God and He has everlasting and eternal arms and refuge for you and me. Amen. Isaiah admonished us in Isaiah 26 verse 4. Trust in the Lord always. For the Lord God is the eternal rock. What does that mean? That means in times of upheaval and instability, it's great to know that we have a foundation that cannot be shaken, a rock that will never be moved. He is the eternally stable one on whom we can stand. So turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7 for a few moments right now. Matthew, the seventh chapter. And notice something about this rock. Thank God Jesus is our rock. Amen. He is strong and he is stable and he is well able to keep you and I from falling. He's well able to keep us from going under. Amen. He is the one who causes us to overcome. Now, in order for this to happen, he needs our cooperation. This does not happen just because we quote a few scriptures or because we go to church and because even we shout in church. Matthew chapter 7, at the very end of the chapter, we notice something that's very significant about our lives. In Matthew chapter 7, In verse 21, he says, Therefore, whosoever heareth the sayings of mine and does them will be likened unto a wise man that built his house, what? Upon a rock. So what this is saying, if we're going to function and operate in wisdom, we need to build our life. We need to build our house upon the rock. 
Amen? Now, we know that the rock is Jesus, but he goes on to explain a little bit further exactly what he's talking about. And then, verse 25 says, And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not. It fell not. Why? Because it was founded upon a rock. Amen? Then in verse 26, he says, And everyone that hears these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Did you notice the same wind came to both houses? The same test comes to each and every one of us sometimes in a different manner or in a different fashion. But just by virtue of being a human being in an imperfect world, we will be tested. But now one house was able to stand, but the other house didn't make it. The other house was casual about what they heard. Maybe they came to church once or twice every three months, and they heard the word, And they got excited about the word. But how many of you know that the enemy comes immediately to steal the word and take it out of your heart? So it's not just enough to be a hearer of the word. It's not just enough to shout about the word. Thank God for shouting. Thank God for dancing. I can shout and I can dance with the best of you. But at the end of the day... What is going to cause you and cause me to have victory in 2023 is being very diligent with this word by hearing the word and being a doer of it. You see, the scripture says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. So we can build our house upon the rock this year. We can make this conscious decision right now at the head of this year that whatever I hear, by the grace of God, I'm going to do. And did you know that you are responsible for what you hear? You're responsible for what you hear. It is the entrance of His Word that brings light. And when light comes, I'm responsible to walk in the light that I've heard. Amen. For example, if I have light in the Word of God concerning forgiveness and forgiving someone, I do not have a choice. It is a command for me to forgive, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven me. If I see in the Word of God that I'm to bring my tithes and bring my offerings to the Lord into the storehouse, and I ignore that... I'm not being a doer of the Word of God. But I am persuaded by the grace of God that I'm looking at a company of not just hearers, I'm looking at a company of doers. Amen. So say it with me real strong. I'm not just a hearer, but I'm a doer. I am a doer. I'm a doer of the Word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What do doers do? Doers do the Word. Oh, here's one. Here's one that a lot of Christians miss. Do you know that we're commanded in the Word of God not to fear? 
Do you know that we're commanded in the Word of God not to carry the cares and the worries and the anxieties of this age? Why? Because those things entering in to our lives choke the Word. So if we know not to worry, if we know to cast our cares over on the Lord, and we've heard that, and we don't do it, we're heading for trouble. But oh, thank God, if you hear not, if you hear not to worry, and you don't worry, you've got your life standing on the rock. The rock of revelation knowledge. Amen. So underneath are His everlasting arms. He is our rock. He is our fortress. He is our God. Amen. I can remember back in 1978, when we left a church in Minnesota, we started ministry back in 1975, 1976. We pastored a real small church in Sepulpa, Oklahoma. Anybody ever heard of Sepulpa, Oklahoma? We pastored there for a while, and we had a big time. We had about 12 people. And they were all relatives. And you ain't never pastored a church with a Pentecostal background that are all relatives. See, I was really too dumb to know anything. I was just glad for the opportunity to preach. I considered it a joy and a pri- privilege. The first sermon I ever preached was tape number 511 by Brother Hagen, called The God Kind of Faith. Amen. I wrote that whole tape out, praise the Lord, and preached that. But back in 1977, we went on uh, to Minnesota in 1978, and we sat under an apostolic ministry where several churches were going at the same time. I don't know how many churches Brother Caseman had going at the same time. We'd wake up in the morning, go one way, he'd go another way. We'd meet back in the afternoon, have service in another city, and then head to another city that night. We were busy. And it was good training. But back there in 1981, we felt in our heart to leave the church that we were at. And uh, boy, you you talk about the devil talking to you. You know, what are you going to do? How are you going to pay your bills? How in the world will you ever make it? Oh, I thank God for those days. I said, I thank God for those days. Because it puts something on the inside of me that says, I'm not moved. I'm not quitting. I'm a doer of God's Word. We were sitting in my parents' place up in Wisconsin. They had a lake home up there, and it was very, very uh, snowy, blizzard conditions. And we just got in our heart, you know, we're going to go to California. And we looked at each other, and we looked at our checkbook. There wasn't much in it. (laughs) We barely had enough gasoline to get from point A to point B. But we looked back at what God had instructed us to do already. And by the grace of God, we had been obedient to the will of God and to the Word of God. That also has to do with being a doer. If you know the will of God, you need to do it. If you know to serve in the local church and you're not serving, you're backslidden. Hey, hey, I heard the organ on that one. Shout about that a while now. <laughs> and so we were sitting there and we thought, you know, sometimes your things just don't compute. You know, if you do this, how are you going to make it? Sometimes, folks, you just got to step out in faith. And Brenda and I looked at each other 
on that cold, cold January or February, way, way back, and we looked at each other, well, we've tithed, we've given, we've sown, we've served, and we asked ourselves this question, why wouldn't God bless us? Why wouldn't God take care of us? And we fast forward about 40 plus years, and he's, just, he's done just that. He's done just that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, when we first started out in ministry, we didn't have a salary. We had a, our name on an envelope along with two or three other people. If you feel like giving, go ahead and give. But thank God for that training. We had every, every uh, opportunity to worry and to quit. But thank God we heard the word. We did the word. And you know something? God's no respecter of persons. Whatever situation that you're in right now, make the decision that underneath are those everlasting arms. And he's going to keep me. He's going to see me through to the other side. Amen. Well, that's just a little extra. I hope you enjoyed it. Number seven, God goes before you. David declared this in Psalm 139.5, You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Glory to God. You see, in reality, God does more than go before you in the sense of being a step or two ahead of you. Because God dwells in eternity. And He knows the very end from the beginning. Did you know that He's already been in your future? He's already been in 2023. He's already been in 2024. And so we're not certainly not going to get ahead of Him without Him already being there. He knows which way we should go. He's been there before. So pray out your future. Pray out your plan. Walk with Him every day. The Scripture says, The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. And then number eight, I promise you I wasn't going to preach real long. I could, but I'm not. God is your rear guard. This connects all of this together. In Isaiah 52 and verse 12, it says, You will never leave in a hurry running for your lives, for the Lord will go ahead of you. Yes, the God of Israel will protect you from behind. Woo, that's good news. The New King James Version says this. It says, The God of Israel shall be your rear guard. Now, one of the reasons that we need a rear guard is that our enemy likes to bring up our past mistakes and failures. So as you enter in to this new year, it's so good to know we have a rear guard. Save me the blood of Jesus, cleanses me, and gives me a new start. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Isaiah 43, 25 says this. He said, I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions, and I will not remember your sins again. I will never think of them again. And that's good news. Gary Chapman said this. 
He said, I'm amazed by how many individuals mess up every new day with yesterday. They insist on bringing into today the failures of yesterday. And in so doing, pollute a perfectly wonderful year or a perfectly wonderful day. Don't let that happen to you. The past is gone and should be forgotten. It is a new day. It is a new year. Everything is new and everything is fresh.